We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast with me are my two partners every other tuesday it's eli bergovitz and janelle maggie guys how are you doing the first time that we're getting to talk since training camp has opened how is how has it been now that Packer football is officially back in your lives again? Yeah. Well, I, think, I think this is the first time that the three of us have been together in like a month. Yeah, that's true. Because I think really me, me and Dan, yeah, we missed a couple episodes. That's right? yeah. Dan and I recorded the last one. Eli and I that's recorded more, the one before. So it has been a, a while. Yeah. Wow. Over a month since we've all three been happy, together. happy to be back with the both of you. That's for there, sure. There's a lot yeah. that has happened since we have all asked. Quite off. a bit. <laughs> yeah. Too wow. much. And we're going to talk about all of it right now. Let's start at the beginning. We're just going to recap everything that you've already heard everyone talk about for the last month. Um, no, we want to talk about, uh, we're, like I said, training camp is open for the first time since we're talking. It's fantastic to see Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb back. On, a, on the same practice field again. Like this is, this whole week has just been such a timeline cleanse for myself, at least, because I no longer have to, I no longer have to hear the same stupid arguments and comments from Bears and Vikings fans. They're bringing up different ones now. Uh, apparently, Justin Fields is the end all be all for the <laughs> Bears. Uh, but I mean, really, it, it's just been really nice and relaxing to just be able to talk about real football things now um, instead of just, you know, miscellaneous bull crap. So uh, I, I want to get your guys' take on just overall the first week of training camp. Has anything stood out to you? Has anything grabbed your attention? Has there been one group or anything that's kind of uh, piqued your interest to say, like, this is what I want to be watching this progress throughout the next couple of weeks? Just any any kind of uh, kind of rash takes you guys have, Eli? Um, yeah. So first, first, I would just like to say that I mean, like you said, it's our first time all back together, and a lot has happened since. So obviously, with Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb on the field, things are exciting. I spent the first two days of training camp actually in Green Bay, so I got the chance to watch a little bit, and just my first notes from being there. 
Aaron Rodgers, still good. I don't think that surprises anyone. But, I mean, he just looks so locked in. And when you're watching it on the TV or even at the game, it's different when you're 10, 20 feet away. I mean, to see the pure talent, I know I could talk about Rodgers for days, but it blew me away to see it that up close. But in terms of, you know, position groups and people that I'm going to be keeping an eye on as we move forward, I think both the wide receiver position and the entire offensive line group is going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out, who ends up starting, who ends up even making the roster at all. And there's a ton, a ton of competition at both of those positions. And you could probably say the same thing for cornerback. So this this year's roster cutdown day is going to be, I think, one of the more dramatic ones we've had in recent Packers history. Yeah, I know uh, in previous years, Dan and I always end up getting – uh, stuck. I shouldn't say stuck because it's fun to talk about the wide receivers, but we always kind of had to do those talks like who makes it, who doesn't. And I think if we had to do that this year, it would be our toughest year yet to have to decide, you know, how many are they rolling with, who stays, who goes, especially with the addition of Randall Cobb. He locks in a position there. So it, it just makes it really interesting. But it's, you know, it kind of shows a little bit of depth when it's like, man, who's really going to stay, who's going to get cut. I think that's a good problem to have. It's just really unfortunate because you wish you could keep all the talent because everybody kind of brings something different to the table. So, yeah, wide receiver group is something that I'm going to be paying extra close attention to. And especially within that group, I'm really excited to see more Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers. I As excited I am to see Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb back, I'm excited to see Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb kind of get that chance to work together at – the professional level. So that's something that I'm really excited about. Also, you know, just kind of keeping an eye on those young guys. I think, I think it's good, you know, reading up and seeing videos of Eric Stokes kind of covering Devonte, and it's, you know, obviously he's not going to look great, but I think that's the best way for him to learn. So that's exciting. He's getting those reps with the number one receiver. So yeah, just a lot of really good stuff. Obviously kind of like Dan said, it's, it's a nice cleanse, you know, Aaron Rodgers is back and that was obviously a lot of the focus that first week with, you know, him coming back, the media, the front office, kind of everybody talking about the players kind of being able to open up and talk about the conversations that they've had. And yeah, I think it, it just felt so good for football to be back. And, you know, the off season was absolutely draining mentally, emotionally for so many of us, but it was all worth it for Randall Cobb to come back. So <laughs> I think we're all, we're all just kind of, you know, that whole, you know, there's a rainbow after the rain kind of situation right now and everything is just back to back to good. So, yeah, I'm excited going into the second week to kind of see, you know, as as this episode comes out, they'll be in pads today. So there's there's just so much to look forward to. And the season is just right around the corner and you can't be upset when that's around. Yeah, let me let me ask you that question. That's a fun hypothetical. Would you would you feel much would you feel better about going through what we had to go through in the summer if it meant Randall Cobb coming back? Like if it guaranteed Randall Cobb coming back? Because I don't I don't know. Like I am I'm excited to have Randall Cobb back for for lack of a better word, for the memes. Like I <laughs> like having him back on the team and partnering up with Aaron Rodgers again. I love Randall Cobb as a person and as a player. I just don't know if he is a per like if he's a player that I'm looking at and saying like huge impact, 
going to change the way this offense completely was from last year or have the yep. or put Dan, it over I mean, the top. I do agree. Well, I agree, you know, it's not going to be a maybe a life-changing, mind-altering difference. I mean, they were the number one offense already, but giving Matt LaFleur a true slot receiver, and I know you the thought would be, okay, they got Amari Rodgers, but to immediately assume – a rookie receiver, regardless of where they're drafted, let alone the third round, to come in year one. And, yes, we're all very high on Rodgers, or at least I know I am. But I still think even 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 if Cobb doesn't even produce a ton, I think ha- Amari Rodgers having Cobb with him, it, it could be career-changing, honestly, for Amari Rodgers just to spend a year with Cobb and to learn from him. But in the bigger picture, I'm saying, but just for this year – I do think Randall Cobb, again, not life-changing impact, but giving LaFleur a true, true slot receiver and Rodgers another weapon that he trusts fully, it it could make a difference on on some key third and fourth downs or goal line scenarios. Yeah, I think Randall Cobb, he makes more of an impact in a way that stats can't mark it down. I think that he – will be more like that locker room. I mean, he's still, you know, he talked about he's only 30. He's still got a lot left in the tank. So I think his mentality is in the right place. You know, if you listen to his press conference, he talked with Rodgers about, you know, maybe just not loving the game as much. It's not the same debating retirement. And now he's back here. And I think that that just kind of gives him new life and that second wind. And I think a lot of people who think Randall Cobb is coming in and he's washed up, they're going to be really surprised. Again, I'm not expecting him to – be the number one receiver, pull up all these stats. But I think that his presence is going to be really important to this group. And um, yeah, we, we really don't know what he's going to do. I know Rogers wanted him as that slot guy, but it also sounds like he was doing some special team stuff, which he's obviously comfortable doing. So I think, you know, there's just bits and pieces that he can do. And again, he being Randall Cobb, he mentioned stuff like he doesn't care about how many targets he gets, receptions, touchdowns, the numbers just don't matter to him. So I think that his his positive mentality coming in is going to be so important for such a young group of guys. Cause I know Dan, I think last time we talked uh, it was, you know, kind of realizing there's a lot of young guys on this team. So when you bring in guys like Randall Cobb or like, you know, you have Mercedes Lewis guys like that can really make an impact without putting up stats. Yeah. I, I, I understand. I, I get, I get everything there. I'm just, for, for me, it just was more, I was more happy and excited about having them back together and having this this group kind of back together. That, for me, that's what it more. For, it was, I was more excited about. I understood the the slot receiver and giving you know, and especially that's I think he is giving Amari Rogers the space to kind of grow and do and develop. Um, you know, not having to immediately throw him into into the fire kind of thing, but. Like again, it just for me it doesn't it doesn't on the field side of things it doesn't completely change uh, my out my outlook or anything like that. For for me, the biggest group that I'm looking forward to now, outside of outside of the ones that you guys brought up, because I think especially offensive line is going to be the hardest position group to make the decision on now, especially now that you add um, what uh, Dennis Kelly from the Titans, you, you've got three guys now, three dedicated tackles that could arguably start on any team. And then you throw in Elton Jenkins, who 
can play anywhere, and you've got Josh Myers, your guaranteed, basically your guaranteed center, and then you've got maybe like five guys trying to compete for essentially like three other spots almost. Like there's there's just so much there's so much talent at this offensive line position that you could take this and make two starting offensive lines that could realistically be your starting offensive lines moving forward. So to see how that breaks down over the next couple of weeks, especially seeing how they, how they switch up the lines. Cause you know, today Kelly moved down to the second teams and Jenkins was getting work at the left tackle position. And we saw some I, Ben Braden with the first today. Right. Right, that like that—that's the stuff I'm excited to see. Is you know, who looks good where, and and how that all is going to play out. Because I think that's just one gigantic puzzle. Um, but the the one that I wanted to highlight too is running back with Patrick Taylor coming back off the pup list today, um, or yesterday, and the first time that we get to see him in in a training camp because he didn't have training camp all last year. He was inactive all last year and spent most of his time on the practice squad last year. Now we get to see him and, it, and already, like I think the last time that we all recorded or Janelle may have been when we recorded last talking about this, the running back groups and who's going to end up being that third running back. How many running backs do they keep on, on this whole, this whole roster. Now you add that into the, into the group of Jones, Dylan Hill, um, you've got Patrick Taylor and then Dexter uh, Williams. Yeah, still there. So, gosh, he's still here. <laughs> I know, right? That's, anyway, you've got to now a competition for that last. That last. I will say spot. real quick about Dexter Williams, who obviously, you know, I believe this is now his third or fourth year in the league, and we have not really seen much, but he has been one of the under-the-radar stars of the first week of Packer training camp. Mm-hmm. I saw it in person the first two days. He was making catches. He was finding open lanes. And since I left Green Bay, everything I've seen through the rest of the great Packers media, it seems like Dexter Williams is making a real push to stay on this roster. And considering they just drafted Kylan Hill, who I know is a seventh-round pick, I personally – I watched Hill's tape after the draft and fell in love with him. I don't think you can cut him. I think if they did, he wouldn't make it through waivers to get back to the practice squad. So I think they need to keep Hill. It'll be interesting to see if they keep four running backs because Dexter Williams has looked the part. Yeah, that's that's really tough. I mean, I I kind of thought, you know, maybe they would run the three running backs and then Dexter Williams maybe finds himself on – the practice squad and maybe Taylor too. It's just, you know, depending, especially depending on how many receivers are they going to keep? How many tight ends are they going to keep? You know, how many of each position group can they really take in? So that would be, yeah, a lot depends on those other groups too. You know, is he making enough of an impact where they're going to want to keep for and then cut down in a different position group? So, I mean, I haven't, I can only see so many highlights. Eli, I know it's really good that you were there so you can kind of give us that firsthand information about what you saw from him. It's good to hear that he's kind of having that kind of training camp and you hope that kind of carries over and he gets those preseason snaps and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think maybe after, I'm hoping he gets a decent amount of snaps in the first and second game at least and we can kind of get a better feel for what he's doing. Like, will he actually be utilized as a running back? Will he end up taking over, like having a special teams position? I, 
I don't know, but it's, yeah, with them drafting Hill, it makes it really hard for me to think that, you know, either they keep four, which would be, he would have to really impress or they run with three and then maybe bring him back. Cause, but again, you know, maybe if he's impressing and he doesn't make the active roster for the Packers, maybe he ends up somewhere else. And it's just kind of all those mysteries that we kind of start to inquire as we head into week two of training camp. Jen, would you call it a beautiful mystery? It always always is fun to kind of hear the under the radar names and you like everybody. I hope that everybody succeeds. I don't ever root for anybody to, you know, oh, I hope Dexter Williams does bad so that it, you know, makes the the decisions easier. No, I never hope for that. I like hearing that. It would help. It would help us (laughs) figure out who's going to be the third running back. (laughs) It would, but I also, you know, this is, it's, it's good to hear that somebody is doing well at their job. And uh, he's obviously put in a lot of time in the NFL and hasn't really seen any kind of rewards. So maybe this is the year that he finally, all those years of hard work, maybe kind of catch up with him and stuff like that. So yeah, if he, really makes that push, it's going to make it a lot harder for, you know, uh, the front office to figure out, you know, who who are they going to keep and who are they going to let go and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, he could kind of come in and cause problems, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of causing problems, oh let's talk God. about let's talk about Jordan Love. He, I'm really surprised with how little I'm hearing his name. I'm seeing a lot more Benkert than I am Love, and maybe that's just because the media and everybody loves him, but I'm just not seeing as much news about Jordan Love as I would like to be. I, I feel like I'm seeing – I feel like I, I've seen – I really – it's hard for me during the day to keep up with all of the all of the reports coming out because your timeline kind of gets flooded with – you know, the 10 different people that you follow that are at training camp all tweeting the same exact play that just, that just yep. happened. Um, I, I feel like I've I feel like I've seen highlights from Ben Kurt. I've seen highlights from Love. Um, personally, I guess I've just kind of seen – in my head, I just – I feel like I've seen kind of a, a little bit from both. For me, once, once we get to see – once we get to see the the game, you know, once we get to see – preseason action that's so when <laughs> I, that's that's when that's when it's gonna real that's when you're really gonna start to pay attention i feel like especially um, those guys who didn't get preseason last year like right. jordan love like love yeah um but i want to i want to focus uh our second half of the show here a little bit on this um article uh the monday morning quarterback piece from uh sports illustrated Interviewing Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur about Aaron Rodgers' return and his future to the team. Um, I, we got we as a group haven't been able to sit down and talk this out yet um, since Aaron Rodgers has returned. And all of we we've gotten the benefit of now getting to kind of hindsight 2020 this whole thing because we're a week of training camp separated from when this went down. So uh I'm getting, and I, I do have to ask though, okay. because I know where Eli stood with it. Were right. you confident Rogers was coming back? Yes, I, okay. I had, I had no, I had no question that he was going to show up the first day of training camp. Okay, so I, we I, all I, thought we all thought he was showing up, so we were all right. Yeah. Just needed to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. Ding, da, ding, ding, ding. Every point for all of us. Everyone, I, I saw. I, I forget what it was. I saw one thing. It was like a roundtable of eight or nine people. All said. 
no no chance that Aaron Rodgers comes back. I personally, I just I I didn't want I didn't buy into the hype. I I no. thought there was no chance he wasn't going to come back. Um. So let me let me get let me get your reaction to that really quick before we dive into it. Since uh, we have a huge Aaron Rodgers stand with us, I want to get that. I want to get this on the record. Where where do you guys stand on how how it played out and what? the new deal and you know kind of the the game plan is moving forward that the Packers have kind of set into motion now to bring Aaron Rodgers back. Eli, take it away. <laughs> well from what I, I just you know gave it I, Do we I read want to it. read this quote so wait, people wait, wait, know. hold on wait before before we before we get to the article I want I want I I want to know with like the plan that the Packers have now set up where they void that last year and it feels like it's kind of one more year and then a player option basically at the end of this year to either play again, re-up, or get traded. Where, where do you guys – where do you stand on on how that plays out for Aaron Rodgers and the team? I, I just think that – I mean, look, obviously in a perfect world, um, an extension and guaranteeing the future would be great. That's obviously not the case. And in the NFL, nine months – one month, one 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 Sunday. I mean, anything can change. So much can change from now until. And I believe I saw really that they would have to trade him after the deadline next June. So we're talking about almost a year before Rodgers can be moved in a real way from the Packers. So first off, a million different things can change. But I will mm-hmm. say, I'm obviously happy he's here. He's playing. I. I. He's. And he also, and I think this is a factor because I kept, I, I was nervous about this personally, was, you know, you have a quarterback and maybe even a receiver in Devontae Adams, but I won't talk about him right now, but your quarterback coming into your season with one foot out the door usually doesn't end all that well, but Rodgers coming in, he's being professional and we all know he's competitive as anyone on this earth. He wants to win, even if he is a, as he said, quote unquote, lame duck quarterback, but that's not for sure the case. There, there's a reason he said the words, uh, you know, I'll never close the door on anything. We all know that. And he's made it clear, even though it seems like he'll specifically not mention the organization or the front office, but he loves the team. He loves the coaches. He loves the fans. He loves Green Bay. So in my opinion, if they could either one win a Super Bowl or at least get there, that could be a big difference. But secondly, or, or secondly, is is I'm not expecting Mark Murphy or Goody or whoever may or may not be the problem to disappear. But if they could somehow either give him the little bit of say in some matters that he wants or shift the power structure within the organization, because I think almost anyone can agree that with no owner and then you have three guys that are not equal, but somewhat equal. It's just, it's not the right way to run a business. No one runs a business with a quasi owner and two people right below him, but are also heavily involved and, and, and almost the same spot as him. So I just think they, they, they need to figure out the front office. That's in my opinion, the foundation of where this all so, went wrong. So is, so is your, is your suggestion to add a third person into that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you add if you add another one, and then you have four people, that's going to solve everything. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I I think that the way it all kind of shook itself out 
I think it it was the best. You know, I think it's the way that everybody can kind of win. The fans can win. They get Rodgers back. The team wins because they get Rodgers back. Rodgers gets to keep playing. And he, he's expressed numerous times that he loves it here. And obviously there's just things that he doesn't like and doesn't agree with. And I think it was important that he, as the leader he is, kind of standing up not only for himself, but current and former teammates in the way that he did. And, you know, I think that him coming back and playing this year and then kind of getting that option to kind of decide his future, I think that's that's huge. And, you know, obviously when that time comes, we'll cross that bridge. But, you know, for this season, you know, he's back and that's all that matters. And I know a lot of people worried, oh, well, you know, he's coming back, but doesn't really know about the future, you know, when he comes back and he says he's all in, he's all in. And he, you know, if you just kind of watch the way he is at practice right now, he's happy. He's enjoying his time. He doesn't look like he's bummed out to be here. He, he's enjoying it. And there's just kind of factors that came into it. And I think we've all worked jobs where we kind of feel like that, where, you know, you don't always want to be there, but you enjoy it at the same time. And I think that the way that they were able to restructure things, I think that gives everybody a little bit of what they wanted. And it's, it's the best way, you know, to compromise. So kind of hearing the way that they were doing that, I didn't really get into the specific contract stuff. I didn't go too into that because it's that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not a numbers person, so don't ever come to me about numbers. But I think that just giving him that option to kind of at the end of the season, depending on how it pans out, kind of get control of, you know, do I want to be traded? Do I want to retire? Do I want to come back? You know, it kind of leaves the door open, like he always talks about. And, you know, a lot of people think that the way that things are going right now, it just assume like they just assume, well, that means he's not coming back next year. I don't, I don't know how you can say that when the season hasn't even played out and we have no idea what's going on. So I think that this is the best way to just ensure we've got this season. And if things go well, maybe we get next season, but he kind of gets those options. And I think realistically, this is the best way we all could have won. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I, I sort of take a different approach. I think this guarantees that he's only here for one more year. And I think Brian Gunnikun's played this absolutely perfectly. This plays into exactly what you want if you are Brian Gunnikun's. Because now you've offered Aaron Rodgers everything that he wanted to a certain extent to get him to come back and guaranteed to him to come back and play this year. You also shortened up his contract and made it much easier to, A, get more pieces for this year and move him after next year, if you if so needed, if <laughs> needed, I mean, you know, you're just talking about like it's over and you're breaking it, my heart. It, it, this, it, I, I think, I think there's just no, there's no, I just don't see how. I how look, I'll do this. I don't see how he and the current front office can coexist. I'm not even talking, I'm not even talking about the front office. I'm talking about dollars and cents because. Uh, you have but he, you it's not, okay. I mean, he really think it's hold, on, money hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me get through this. You got to pay Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams wants DeAndre Hopkins money. You've got to pay Jerry Alexander. That's the best cornerback in the league. Zadarius Smith, the Smith brothers, both going to be coming up on last deals. Want security about their future. You've got to find some sort of wide receiver help because you you don't have really any wide receiver past this year almost that that's still that's still going to be stick around you you've got a lot to take care of outside of now re-upping Aaron Rodgers at the high price tag that he already higher than that I just don't see how even for Aaron Rodgers how it would even make sense to re-up even more because you're gonna lose you're gonna lose a, a portion of this team that you've already built around at that point why not say I've got a couple more years left. I don't want to be here for you to build, to find more pieces and to hopefully build something again at the end of this year, Aaron Rodgers, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you trade him and you either a move forward with Jordan love because you feel confident that he's the quarterback of the future or B you trade Aaron Rodgers for either a high draft pick to draft the quarterback that you want or trade for a veteran quarterback that is over that is ready to be moved from a from another team. I think it just to me it just screams it sets up this is the last year and and just be ready for, for the, this is the last year of Aaron Rodgers and it's the last year of this team as a whole. This team can't you can't it's like it's like a it's like an atom that's being split. At a certain point it becomes unstable cap wise and you can just you can't keep this core together anymore and something has to give. Well, I, I, real quick, I will say that, I mean, Rogers mentioned in his press conference how he came in knowing the Packers cap situation and hoping to alleviate that with whether it was an, well, really an extension, I guess, but I'm saying 
he came in and and specifically said how he wanted to help the team at the cap, but they didn't want to, you know, go with that offer of potentially extending him, which is neither here or there. But in my opinion, like I got, and I totally agree. You need to sign Devante. You need to sign Jair. Um, Zedarius just about automatic. Preston, I don't know if he's safe for sure is automatic. He did pay, take a pay cut, and he said today at his press conference. He took that pay cut because he wants to be a Packer, and he's never been so close to winning a Super Bowl, and that's obviously what he wants. So, number one, I don't think Preston's money is going to be a major issue down the line, but, yes, to somehow keep Rodgers, Jair, and Devante would be – I mean, Russ Ball pulls off a lot of magic. This would be super magic, but – Rogers said it himself, and I'm a believer of this. I'm not going to say salary cap is a myth, but I will say there's a way to work around it in a way, whether it's signing bonuses, money in later years, but really signing bonus. I mean, I don't understand. If everything could be signing bonuses, and signing bonuses don't go against the cap, I don't understand why that doesn't happen way more often, like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones didn't get any guaranteed money other than the $13 million signing bonus, and that didn't even hit the cap. Nick Chubb just signed a three-year, uh, sorry, f- no, yeah, three-year, thirty-six million dollar deal with a total of thirty million in guarantees. So this is not to the pack. I'm just saying, like, and they're idiots because it's not all going to be in signing bonus. So I'm just saying that I think it's possible. It's not overly likely that they could keep all three, extending all three. But when you're extending people, you have to remember that there will be signing bonuses included. A lot of years added on where I know kicking the can isn't the greatest thing, but when you have a Super Bowl-ready team and you know as soon as this breaks up, we're basically in no man's land and have to hope we could get back to relevancy, I'll you know kick the can as far as that can will go. If your can, I mean, is- at, a cer- at a certain point though, you run out of you run out of space to kick the can. No, I agree. So, Look, there is always know, I, a just- where where there's either going to be an odd man out or eventually it's going to end maybe sooner than you'd think. Yeah. But I, I do think that they have the room to to maneuver for sure a yeah. Devontae and Jair contract if, if Rodgers is willing to somehow, you know, change his cap hit. And he's already said he is. He has a massive cap hit next year. If he can turn a large chunk of that into a signing bonus, I think things could change. But I do agree that it will take a lot, a lot of work to forget Rodgers being there next year, but to have Rodgers, Devontae, and Jair for the right. extended future. Yeah, and I think I think with it too, it's more that it's even more that you have Aaron Rodgers is going to be at his highest value as a trade asset at that point at the end of this at the end of this year. His cap hit is the lowest. He only has maybe four solid years left in him. Do you do you re up with this again, or do you take this out right now and and be able to and just kind of extend the window that you already have right now with right. say a Jordan Love or an, another another quarterback? So I, I think that's that's even more what I want to. But I want to get to I want to get this to this article real I'm quick. Say, it's been about fifteen minutes. Right. Since brought up this article. Right. <laughs> so so basically, do you read the quote. Yeah. The so. Yeah, so coming from Albert Breer talking about this from Brian Gunakuns of why why not why didn't you let jo- or, uh, Aaron Rodgers know about Jordan Love earlier? This is uh, directly from 
Brian, quite frankly, if that was even a possibility, I would have loved to do that. We didn't go into the draft thinking, hey, we're going to target this and do it. If that was the case, we probably would have done that. That wasn't reality. Would have would that have changed anything? I don't know if Aaron, with the issues he has, if that's really a part of it, but a player like Aaron in a situation like that, you would have loved to give him a heads up. It's just the it's just that the way this thing transpired, that wasn't a possibility. Basically, coming out and kind of reaffirming what what we've heard and talked about is that the team didn't go into this draft looking to get Aaron Rodgers' replacement. Just like in 2005, they didn't go into the draft anticipating to draft Brett Favre's replacement with Aaron Rodgers. It sounds like, and I think this is perfectly reasonable, they wanted, they were targeting wide receiver or offensive tackle in the first round. We all saw how that kind of panned out. Wide receiver went heavy in the first round. A lot of the top end tackles and offensive linemen went early on. And there really wasn't a way for Green Bay to move into a position to draft a player on the on those two groups that they really liked. And Jordan Love, a player that they did like, felt them, and they they pulled the trigger on on essentially their best. Well, he didn't fall to that. Yeah. yeah. And, and they so, traded up for him, but yeah. Well, yeah, they did, but I mean, I I think that that was I think that that was you could argue that that is not wanting to get screwed over again in the third round. If you're if you if you're trying to trade up for for your top two groups and you don't get anything, and the next you're, you've got a guy that you really like there, you draft, you draft, you trade up a couple of picks to get him. I don't, I don't necessarily fault. No, I don't hate that idea. I, I always pr- expected they were going to trade up. Obviously it wasn't right. necessarily going to be for love, but, but I just think that, if you're going into a draft and look, obviously they must've done their homework on, on Jordan love because I'm not going to use the term spur of the moment, but, but if they just picked love because all the receivers were gone and all the tackles were gone. And I guess by, by grading wise, he just happened to have been the last first round pick. They had graded that way. Like I get that, but they knew the reper- the repercussions of drafting a quarterback there. And if, if Goody coming out, essentially saying, we weren't targeting Jordan Love, which I see it as it doesn't mean they hate him, but it sure as hell doesn't mean that they were head over heels in love with him saying, we're drafting this guy, even if he has to wait for years, he's that kind of talent. They clearly didn't feel that way based on what Goody said. And again, I know he has had a, a rookie year unlike anyone else, and we can't judge him yet, and he hasn't done a lot. He hasn't had a chance to do a lot, but between what I saw personally – and from any reports we've seen or videos or footage from practice, I mean, I don't think anyone has been saying Jordan Love is is that guy that they all expected and hoped and dreamed. Like he's ama- not that he necessarily should be. He's young. But I'm saying he hasn't blown them away yet. And, and Dan, when you were mentioning, you know, about, about Rodgers leaving, and it makes perfect sense that it could be on a million reasons. But if they're looking at Jordan, like if they were really, really confident in Jordan Love, I mean, just imagine the kind of haul they could have got this year after the MVP season. And we, they said they got calls about offers. They may not have listened, but I'm sure they knew what they could have gotten. And if they weren't willing to move on from a 37-year-old quarterback who, again, 37 to me, in at least in my opinion, it doesn't sound that old, but in NFL world, it seems to be old. 
you're still not confident enough in the guy you traded up in the first round to take, I think that says something. I don't think we can say just because he didn't have preseason as a rookie, it's totally nothing, like totally forget it. A team knows somewhat to some degree through training camp and weekly practice, does this guy at least have the raw tools to turn into a legitimate star? And if they knew... But but did Aaron Rodgers have that in his first year? Maybe, probably not, probably not. But they also didn't have a quarterback ready to leave. Well, I mean, look, Favre wasn't happy, but he wasn't. They, they drafted. Long. They drafted. They drafted Brian Brom the next year after Aaron Rodgers, and Todd McShay was saying that Brian Brom was a better prospect than Aaron Rodgers, and they they don't like they don't like what Aaron Rodgers. You know, this he could be going in there to compete directly with Aaron Rodgers. I just think, I just think we don't know what we have until we nobody nobody thought Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers until he, until basically even his like second or third year. As a starter, okay. Well, no one, knew, no one knew who was going to be. No one knew who's going to be Aaron Rodgers because that's just next level. But I think already once he came in for Favre in that Dallas game, it gave you a, a nice feeling that okay, in 2007 when Favre got hurt, you know, and he right. came in, I'm like, at least you saw him and you saw. But and I get it. His, Love, that's Love hasn't second, had that chance. But that's into his second year in a regular in a regular schedule. I just think with Jordan with this, it, it's. I, I don't understand all of all of the 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 logic behind it. I think people I think people not not you Eli necessarily. I, I think it's I think it's a lot of uh, a lot of, of people that have an axe to grind with with the Green Bay Packer organization as a whole. It's you know oh well they how how could how could they how could they possibly even consider bringing Aaron Rodgers back if they think Jordan Love is the man right now? Like he's he's been on the team for for. Barely, barely over a full calendar year of actual NFL time. He's he's not even he's not even seen a, a game snap preseason or regular season. He's had one training camp and a bunch of practices. Like this takes time. It's not it's not an easy process. I for me, I just don't I I don't think it really says anything except kind of reaffirm that the Packers didn't go into this expecting to draft the immediate successor of Aaron Rodgers, they they basically took Jordan Love to be Rashawn Gary. I think a high draft no matter what with talent that they can develop and hopefully down the line becomes the guy that they want. Sorry, Janelle. No, that's it's okay. You guys do your thing. Uh I just kind of reading this, it's like no matter what, even if they did communicate it with Rodgers or not, it was still going to be taken personally in my opinion. I mean you're any position I feel like if you're kind of one of the veterans of that position group whoever they take you're going to take it a little bit more personally because you know you can tell kind of where what direction they're headed so I think that even if they did communicate with him uh even if it was kind of a you know he wasn't the first or second maybe even third guy on our draft board but he was somebody that we were kind of looking at even if you make that pick and talk to Rodgers later that night and let him know right away it's still going to be taken personally because no, essentially, but it's before, essentially it's no matter what, it's going to be looked at as his replacement. And, you know, I think that Goody saying this kind of stuff is just kind of trying to backtrack his way of thinking. And I don't, I don't read this as necessarily, you know, why it ended up the way it did with Rogers. I think it's more of, you know, this was my thought process and, you know, 
it just didn't communicate. And it sounds like communication is kind of one of the biggest issues that they're having. So, I mean, this kind of reaffirms that, you know, the, the communication stuff, if he would have even been like, you know, we have a quarterback on our draft board, just in case, you know, those are things that, you know, it's hindsight though. You maybe don't think about it because you don't realize it's going to upset your current quarterback. Maybe those are just things Mm -hmm. that you have to learn from. So I think that, yeah, it's a lot of it is just simply communication. Like most things in life, they need to be communicated better. And hopefully, you know, this is just a small little excerpt, you know, Goody has his media days and stuff like that. And, you know, you take everything differently that people are saying, but, you know, I look at this and it's like, you know what, if they, it's at least nice to hear that they were targeting other guys and Jordan Love wasn't the number one guy that they were looking at, but it's still, you know, you kind of think, well, were there still other position groups that you maybe should have looked at more, but if you think you can get value in a later round, it's, there's just so much to it. So I think that regardless what was going to happen, if they told Rogers or not, maybe if they tell him it softens the wound a little bit, but I think it's still taken personally. And I think that they just have to communicate those things better, but there's not, there's not a whole lot you can do when it comes to the draft. Yeah. Some kind, sometimes things just don't fall the way you want. And then you have to make those quick decisions. And this was one of them. It sounds like. Yeah. Sorry, Eli, did you have anything? Um, I'll be honest. I kind of did, but I also kind of lost my train of thought um, (laughs) because that happens all the time. No, but, um, oh, yeah. So I totally agree, Jen, that no matter what, they could have told Rodgers three months in advance, we're taking Jordan Love, and he would have been like, damn, you know, I'm not happy about that. But to sit there and, and essentially be blindsided, is it, it's it's different. It's different than uh, yes. He would have taken a person no matter what. But it would have been taken yeah. differently any time, any amount of time. Because if he does it too early, it's like oh, I weren't happy with the way I performed. You know, it could have just been you know, hey, we have no, a I mean, I'm not before, but like you just said yourself, if let's say you know it's the day of the draft, you got your board up, Jordan loves on that board. It's all all it takes is a call, a text, however they want to communicate, and say hey, Aaron. We don't expect this to happen, but if so and so occurs, there's a chance we take a quarterback. And, and it's, I do, it's I, I do think things, you know, where it's like it could have been done differently. Yes, look, of course, you know, but, but the, no, but the point of this article technically is, you know, the hindsight part of it. I'm not saying we could change anything now, but yeah. it just, I just think it would be perceived differently from him. And again, just like the, I think when he referred to those twelve veterans that were released from the team without maybe the best communication or being low-balled or not being contacted at all. It just uh, it feels like steps and steps and steps. And maybe that was the time when it really hit him personally. It's like, okay, well, you know, this is like at a certain point, you run a multi-billion dollar organization, maybe arguably the most historic franchise and for sure the NFL, maybe all of sports, you need to know how to communicate with your best player. There's just no excuses for not if Jordan Love is even an inkling of an idea of being drafted, Aaron Rodgers has ever, had every single right to know it's possible. He shouldn't be watching the NFL draft like me and you and Dan and anyone else out there as a regular fan and just find out that his potential replacement has been drafted. Like, at least give him a heads up. It could happen. Not a will or it might, but it, it could happen. But they At didn't happen through Twitter. Like Mark Andre Fleury had to get my little bit of hockey in there. 
whatever. That's all. That's all. Yeah. That's no, all. I, I, yeah. I it's think. I think you're on the right path. Good. I think just the a heads up beforehand that it might happen. I think is is really all you need. It, I don't know if it changes a lot, but it just would have been. It would have been a, at least a, it's not him first. sitting there watching it happen. Right. Like exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So let's we'll wrap up here, guys. Um, as always, make sure that you're following us at Packet A Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review us on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're here throughout the rest of the week and every other week. So make sure that you're telling all of your friends about where to get all of their updated Packer information for each and every day of training camp because it'll be right here at the Packet A Podcast. Um, Guys, uh, real quick, anything that you want to promote quick, and uh, where can people follow you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter primarily at Big Mac underscore four. In my bio, I do have a link that can take you to all the work that I'm doing with Packaday, Game on Wisconsin, and the Say It Again Network, so that's an easy place to find all that. Uh, Eli, what about you? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same. I mean, you could find all my work on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL and my writing on PackerReport.com. And as we get closer to the fantasy football season, for all of you fantasy players, uh, keep an eye out for my work on FantasyPros.com and my weekly rankings, which will be published uh, obviously every single week throughout the season. And if you want to win your leagues, uh, follow me. I mean, I don't win a lot, but I think I have some good rankings. So, <laughs> so you know, follow me at your own risk, but I appreciate anyone who wants to check it out on Fantasy Pros. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, I am there as well at DK All The Way. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I've got my weekly show on uh, the Game On Wisconsin YouTube channel, Lombardi's Bar, every Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. So check that out. And also coming up uh, on every Friday, I have The Leap, an article I release each and every week just with thoughts and musings from the past week and just in general. Got a big one coming out this week. I hope you uh, will check it out. But uh, we, as a trio, will be back again next Tuesday here on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Until then, everybody, as always, stay safe and go Pack-O. Go Pack-O. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.